So here I am in my room. My computer is turned on in front of me and uh, my microphone sitting here. There is a notepad open with some notes about my podcast. It's time to rewind. It looks like they're open to the 18th scene of Memento that starts in black and white at 43 minutes and 56 seconds with Leonard on the phone talking about how this decision financially crippled Sammy and his wife and ends at 44 minutes and 50 seconds sec- 57 seconds with Leonard grabbing a needle while mentioning that he never said Sammy was faking. There also appears to be a Skype window open. Uh, uh, hang on. Who is this? Bubba! It's Lisa Leahy from Rabbit Hole Podcast. You know me from Between the Scares and from Pictures and Conversations, a Rabbit Hole Podcast book club. Oh, of course. Uh, but I, I prefer to be called Bubba Wheat. And uh, uh, there's someone else here. Who, who are you? Uh, even if I can't remember you, I have to believe that when my eyes are closed, you're still there. Bubba Wheat, is this you? This is Richard, Richard Kirkham, you know, from the Lambcast. Oh, of course. Well, uh, welcome back for your uh, your final time here, Richard, uh, talking about, you know, still some more phone call. And he's finally getting back to prepping, prepping his thigh for the tattoo. You know, one, once again, jumping back to the commentary, we're getting this scene between um, Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins and uh christopher nolan mentioned that that this scene wasn't specifically scripted this this was mo- they just had a broad outline and uh stephen tobolowski and harriet sansom harris was uh just kind of given this broad outline and and they improvised this this entire scene and it is really fantastic just to yeah. see this this breakdown of this relationship it's so powerful and it's it's very it's heartbreaking. It's such a sad, disturbing scene because you've got this woman who's really just at the end of her rope. And, you know, this man who loves her and wants to fix it and doesn't know how to do it. And it just it's just so sad. And just a quick little moment like that whimper from her at the end is really just it's such a tragic moment. Yeah, and and just the the way she ends that scene, like I've I've never really understood exactly what she was saying and and exactly what she's talking about, but it doesn't matter. But just the way that she ends with it, just this whimper of "I'm tired." Mm. Well, I you know it's an imperfect analogy, but I I understand the perception that she's going through immediately. Uh, I lost my father to Alzheimer's. And I went through a whole bunch of tricks trying to manage when he was still living with us, including the notepad thing that she's shoving in his pocket mm-hmm. and leaving messages in and post-it notes around for the first few months when I when I was taking care of my father after my mother had passed away. I would go to his apartment. I would put his breakfast together. I would set it on the table. I would leave a note for him to look at all those kinds of things, just to remind him to do these things. Take your pill, make sure, you know, that you, you know, uh, put the milk back in the refrigerator, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And it's so frustrating because you're trying to everything you can think of to make, make their life better, to make your life better. 
and it is wearying. It's tiresome. It 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 basically it's heartbreaking. There's a whole focus of that in the short story. Um, that, you know, when I when I teach it with my students, they get hung up on it because they haven't really thought through its purpose. And, you know, uh, the character in the, the short story is named Earl. He's not Leonard. And he wakes up in, um, you know, sort of a, a white hospital-ish sort of room. It's actually in a, a mental institution. And he sees posted on the wall, like, your schedule. And the hours of the day are blocked off. And he's got like half an hour blocked off that says brush your teeth it's from like 8 to 8 30 and he laughs to himself and goes you know who needs to brush their teeth for half an hour my students get hung up on that they're like who's brushing their teeth for half an hour not thinking of the fact that whenever he wakes up and looks at the clock and sees a particular time in that time range it should be when he brushes his teeth and i always have to sort of talk them through this idea of what he's trying to do with that note whoever wrote that schedule for him like what is it that he's actually putting behind that intention and then of course it doesn't work because he looks at it and completely disregards it and it's this element of you know we have this this logic that we're relying on and you know your dad sadly i'm very sorry to hear about that you know that that isn't working the same way anymore sammy his that isn't working the same way for him anymore leonard is trying to harness that and use that for his best purposes and it's just it's just not going to work and so like people who have that ability think okay well this is what works for me whereas it's just going to fall apart later on yeah, and in, in the commentary, uh, Christopher Nolan mentions that a lot of people come up to him and say that that this scene really resonates with people who have dealt with Alzheimer's. And uh, he mentioned that 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 wasn't something that he was thinking of, but like as, as the more it came up to them, the more it's like it, that exactly makes sense, and it's and it it doesn't matter that they're not dealing with exactly the same thing but it what really matters is that emotion that comes across yeah that connection that trying to get through and trying your best i mean i i can't speak to it because i don't have that experience but to be sammy and to see the anguish in his wife and to not be able to to fix it to frankly not know why she feels the way that she does mm-hmm. i can't imagine that helplessness either and then you know one one thing that I noticed just to, to lighten things up just a little bit that I, I think is um, interesting that I, I I think I noticed, but I never really picked up on before. But like Sammy's remote control is so huge. It's like a 70s or 80s style mm-hmm. remote control for the TV. It is. <laughs> <laughs> And I ne- really never noticed that in, until now because you know this movie came out in the two thousand two thousand. Mm-hmm. So I'm. It makes me. I, I like. Do you think that this is part of like the real story? Just that you know Sammy and his wife were more old fashioned and they had an older TV set, or do you think that that's like part of the unreality, uh, the unreliableness of this story that Leonard decided to give Sammy this? this ancient remote this ancient giant remote control well it could be an old zenith working on the sound system for changing the channels or it could be one of those big remotes that literally people who had conditions like that people who are older and have a hard time seeing 
they have oversized remotes for them to be able to use the uh, technology. So it could have been something like that, that it's a coping mechanism. You know, let's, you know, what can he do? What, how can we make this easier for him to do things? Well, we'll get, we'll get the one with, that's got the big numbers on it and limited number of options. Not one of these remotes that have tiny little buttons and there are 30 of them on the, on the top and you, you know, push the wrong one and everything goes haywire. I'm sorry, do, does that sound like I'm speaking from experience? <laughs> <laughs> I just I have I haven't um I haven't thought about that remote control so I you caught me off guard probably with that one I was just sort of like what I don't know <laughs> I mean this this is something that you know I I haven't uh, there haven't been you know too many op, um, moments but uh, doing breaking these things down into to much smaller chunks I I have. Uh, become more accustomed to to seeing some of the minor details in in these movies. I love it. It's great. It's that well, that's what you got to do when you study film. You got to look at what's put in front of you, and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like I, I do think, like on Leonard's side of of this story, that I, I think it's interesting that even he kind of paints himself in, as the villain as he, you know as he's describing this uh, he he says good old leonard shelby from the insurance company gives her the seed of doubt like he gave it to the doctors mm-hmm. because it it really was his doubts in the the story that really became the catalyst that made everything fall apart and then right after he says that, he goes right back to his refrain of, I never said he was faking, just that his condition was mental, not physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely got some guilt in there. Now, I was going to say, you know, apparently one of the things that he's held on to is his guilt uh, in this particular situation. He's he's rationalizing uh, even in his uh, amnesia, amnesia. How do you say that word? <laughs> amnesia. Amnesiac condition, Uh, this decision that he's made that probably was wrong and had horrible consequences. Yeah. And I I believe that he he repeats the phrase at least twice. um, The, you know, I never said that Sammy was faking. I never said that. Yep. And, uh, you know, we mentioned it a, a little bit briefly, but this is... Yeah, where we see Leonard start to uh, get into the slightly more complicated process as he begins to build this homemade tattoo machine with the ink pen. He, you know, he dumps out the the contents of this bag where we see the pen, the package of needles, the note card with what he's eventually going to tattoo and the scotch tape. I've never done one of those uh, homemade prison type tattoos, so I'm yeah, I can't just say take, I have either. <laughs> I'm just going to take take uh, his word that he's got all the essential ingredients there. Yeah, I don't intend to try it either. So <laughs> I'm I'm going to trust I, that everything in the movies is real. So he must totally know that that's how it's done. Yeah, I, I mean, I I haven't um, done one of those tattoos myself, but I I have watched like a, a lot of tattoo shows. And as far as I can tell, that that technique does seem like it's an accurate technique that's uh, that would work to to make this homemade tattoo. 
I mean, there's a certain logic to it, I guess, where, you know, you'd have the, uh, you know, you're, you're depositing the ink under a certain number of layers of skin where when it heals, it would still show up. So I don't know. Works for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, although this process is a lot, a lot slower and more painful than a yes. typical tattoo needle. Yes, probably it, a little less uh, sanitary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you mean taking the ink from a big pen and uh, jabbing it under your skin? Yeah, that's a mm. little bit less sanitary. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of, uh, you know, some of the traditional tribal tattoos where they have, you know, a stick and they have um, and they um, there's like the long stick with the the sharp points and, and the ink. And then they have another smaller stick and they um you know beat the sticks together in order to get that uh, up and down motion to make the tattoo mm-hmm. and that that is also you know a very painful process i just get the impression that he's gonna drag it you know like I, it just you think <laughs> that through and it's like oof, this does not sound pleasant <laughs> i would almost think that you know he has the the batch of multiple needles that uh, he could make, you know, a, a homemade multi-needle uh, to, you know, to make the, the thicker, thicker <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh. He'd have had to learn how to do that, though, before he had his uh, right incident. <laughs> That's a good point. So he may just be relying on, oh, this is sort of how this works, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I, you know, we've, we only really, in, in this moment, we see him picking up the, you know, dumping out his supplies and picking up the needle. So I'll, I'll probably we'll get into this I, later. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I am going to maybe try to do a little bit more research on on this process and how it works to talk about in, in a future episode whenever we actually see him building this uh, single needle tattoo uh, implement. Well, that's but another I, story question. You know, how does he how does he learn this skill if uh, he didn't have it before he had the incident uh even what you know if you you know nowadays of course we'd watch a youtube video and right. figure out how to do it you know and if he had that access to that every time you know he could write himself a note you know go to youtube and watch this particular video and then you could do it but we'll before, watch later yeah you know but before youtube uh i'm not sure how he acquired this tech technique and the ability to do this and obviously you know he had he He's doing some of them himself and some of them somebody else is doing. Yeah, and I don't I know think, which ones he trusts know, the most. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think whenever you see them, I, I would say that there's only three or maybe four of the tattoos which look like they were potentially self-done tattoos, which is not nearly enough to have learned through that repetition because you would have to go through many instances. But I do think that... You know, like we talked about in the first episode, where we show Sammy giving his wife the insulin injections. I'm I'm curious if this is a similar enough process that he was able to like use those cues of the insulin um, and prepping the insulin needle to this process of the giving himself a tattoo. It's a good point. It is a really good point. Well, it seems more complicated and dangerous than I would attempt uh, with my inability to remember information. <laughs> I, I think I'd be a little, you know, there's plenty to be frightened about here, but, you know, 
I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to those kinds of things anyway. Yeah, because I'm, I mean, I haven't done it, but whenever you're giving an insulin injection, I'm sure that you have to, you know, go through the entire skin layer. But whenever you're doing a tattoo, you're only supposed to go, you know, a certain, a very specific depth to get the ink to stick. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be, you know, a, the the very different part of the process that would be difficult to learn in this condition unless it was, you know, that the scene that we don't see is the, you know, month he spends in prison <laughs> where he learned to get a tattoo. <laughs> Maybe it's something he picked up as an investigator. Ah, there it is. See? Yeah. He had to watch was... somebody in a testing room. <laughs> or he had to, well, he wouldn't have to go undercover, but, uh, like just, you know, he had a client that was in prison and, you know, he observed someone else or maybe even his clients getting a, a prison tattoo while he was uh, talking with him. There you go. That's it. When he was visiting them, you know, he's, he uh, caught them in a fraud and they ended up going to prison and uh, he just uh, visited them and they told him how to do it. <laughs> I like how deep we're going into this. <laughs> <laughs> And once again, this is another you know, shorter scene that there's not, uh, you know, it's just over a minute long and it's mostly just that emotional scene between Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins and then the, uh, you know, Leonard repeating to himself about how he never said that Sammy was faking as he gets ready for this uh, homemade tattoo. Um, and that's that's really the end of my notes. Um, although, actually, <laughs> I am. I honestly cannot remember. Did I talk about um, how at one point Leonard says that uh, Mrs. Jenkins mentions that she looks into his eyes and sees the same person? Mm-hmm. No, we haven't gotten into that yet. No. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he says that. And, and I think that that's, that's another important line that, that builds this connection between Sammy and Leonard. Because, uh, you know, later on, Teddy goes through this, you know, this whole speech about how Leonard is a very different person now mm-hmm. than he was before the accident. You know, because he he thinks that he's the same person, but we really see that he has become a, a completely different person and not just because of his condition, but the things that he's able to do and accomplish and just the, his character is so, is in a way very different than the way he was, or at least the way that he remembers himself as being. Yeah. Well, he also talks about how he learns to fake it. You know, like you have these small little nuggets of information along the way. And it's like he thinks he's the same person. And he talks about, you know, you watch the eyes and, you know, these elements of where a person's true nature is. And yet he comes up more than once that, ah, you fake it. (laughs) That's not useful at all then. (laughs) Yeah. And and also just, um, again, like with that connection with the eyes, because, again, he talks about as an insurance investigator, he would look into people's eyes mm-hmm. uh, to know, to see whether or not they were lying. Right. Buying so into that thought, you know, that the eyes are the, you know, keyhole into the soul and you can see what somebody really feels or thinks by looking in their eyes. Uh, 
people who subscribe to that are often fooled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. And like he even says in you know the the scene before uh, you joined us about how breaking eye contact is and being nervous. You know, people can be nervous for all sorts of reasons. Right. Right. Sometimes it's just socially acceptable to look away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, once again, that that is the end of my notes, and uh, this is the end of your time with us, uh, Richard. It, once again, I'd like to thank you so much for doing this and joining us to talk about Memento. It's it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I will give you one last opportunity to take a moment and let everybody else know where they can find you online. Make it memorable, Richard. <laughs> hey, I can't remember to forget you. Uh, oh, it's my favorite line. I love it. <laughs> the, you know, I'm easy to locate at Kirkham a Movie a Day, where, which is my personal blog site. And the Lambcast uh, is the podcast of the Large Association of Movie Blogs, largeassmovieblogs.com. Easy to find. Easy to listen to, weekly show. And thank you, as always, for being my co-host on these black and white scenes, Lisa. Bubba Weed, it's always a joy. I love it. And I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on Twitter where I'm at Bubba Wheat. You can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on Anchor.fm as well as anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. We also have a Facebook group that I would love it if you joined the group and invited others to grow our community here and uh, have discussions about episodes as they come out, as well as have any sort of discussions about time loop movies and TV shows as they come out or, you know, even older ones. I know just uh, we're recording this in February and Groundhog Day just passed. So uh, that was, you know, a a nice little day to share a couple Groundhog Day memes. And, uh, you know, until next time, uh, have have I told you about Memento? Oh, only every time I see you. I have this condition. I never said that he was faking. I never said that. He's always just popping in. It's so great. I, well, I do have to say my favorite is when he gets in the car and he's lying there and he says, you know, a car this nice you should lock. <laughs> <laughs> and the nice shot Leibowitz I like too, which I asked uh, Joe Pantoliano, I asked him to sign my photo with a car this nice you should lock, but the nice shot Leibowitz apparently annoyed Nolan. <laughs> he said, he's like, I don't even remember saying this line. And he's like, apparently I've used it in a different movie and it's a whole fun thing. I don't think we talked about that in the first episode, but we'll, I'll have to re- try to remember to bring that up. Um, Please, because all the good stuff is in the color scenes. Like, I don't have stories about the... <laughs> I have stories about the color scenes. 